With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Craig's reading. What's up, JR? What's up, boys? What's going on? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Where are you off to today? Jacksonville, Florida. What's going on there? Um, I'm playing in the golf tournament. Oh, you did say that. You did say that. That's where the confusion was lying last week in our text messages. Mm-hmm. Well, episode right. episode 102, by the way. I like just getting right into it. It's more organic. Craig likes the whole – Craig likes to set the table, eh, JR? He likes to <laughs> – where are we going with this? Where are we going? Because there's not a – organizational bone in your freaking body you're just okay. like let's shoot right off the hip and uh make this uh thing go it's a method not, a, not a good morning nothing i said good morning to him Same shit like, I'm every reading, day i'm reading an article so i had to send him voice memos in order to get his attention, Jeez, some, some people just just don't tick the same way, Petey. They, you, they know what, you know what? You know what? Make sure make that thought process happen the proper way. He's giving um, me shit because the guy, after a hundred and two episodes, doesn't know how to work his freaking computer because it's like you, you can't hear me. I'm like, no, I can't hear you. So he's sending me <laughs> sending me voice messages on my phone, giving me shit because he can't work his goddamn computer after a hundred two episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was that, that, it's that kind of morning. Concussions, that kind, concussions, concussions suck, don't they? Concussions uh, suck, PD. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know. Anyway, JR, let me ask you a question before we start here. Well, it sounds like you ever started. read. Have you ever read the article on Players Tribune on Patrick O'Sullivan? Um, from Boston? No. Nope. They used to play for Calgary. Yeah. Used to play for Calgary. Used to play for Calgary. I think I he's from Toronto. I think he's from Toronto. He was the first overall pick in the OHL to the Mississauga Ice Dogs. Then he was a third rounder to LA. And his how, father was like How long ago? Super, super abusive toward him, right? Yeah, it was, it's it's a crazy article. If you have not read this, Players Tribune and look up Patrick no, O'Sullivan. It. it is it is mind boggling, JR. I mean, that, I, I know, uh, I know a Patrick O'Sullivan that played in the league for a short period of time, but he was from Boston. He's a Boston kid. Yeah, no, this guy's from Toronto, and he has a book out too. And shame on me, I don't know the title of the book, but he has a book out about, you know, like everything he went through as a kid and how he used hockey to escape. Um, you know, the, well, the, I gotta read it. I gotta the read abuse it. at home. So yeah, it's a it's a fascinating story. And he's a great guy, and he's, he he does some uh, analyst stuff. Uh, you can catch him on Twitter too, but he he does some analyst uh, hockey analyst stuff uh, up in Toronto, or at least he did for at some yeah. point. But uh, good anyway, good, good guy, good guy. Yeah. How, how are you? I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I've been in Chicago for one week, and I have been entertaining and 
playing golf and entertaining on the golf course. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I'm making so many like really cool connections and good friends with my new job that I just love, but it's, it's a lot of out entertaining and getting to know people. So you can hear my voice from the margaritas, from the wine to the talking. It's just like nonstop. But Tim Connolly used to refer to that, refer to that voice as a Vegas voice. If you went out to the bar yeah. and you had a loud night or whatever, you came in with this scratchy voice, like, oh, you got Vegas voice. Oh, yeah. I can't get away from it. Can't get away from it. So, I, I so let me... I- let me ask you something. So it happened to me the other day, someone, I, I bumped into somebody and they're like, oh, I remember this about a game or whatever that I was at. When these people meet you, like if that happens to me occasionally, I have to imagine that that happens to you quite often. When someone says, I remember this moment or that, or I saw you All play time. here. All the time. You know, you know, it's really cool. You know, I've, and I think, you know, Rivs knows this about me. Um, you know, when I had that experience with, with Gordy Howe when I was seven years old, he, he, gave me a story forever. I always did something every single day to kind of tell the fans that I appreciate them, whether it was throw them pucks, you know, after warm up or have some fun with them, give them a stick after a game or always stop for an autograph, always stop for a picture, always stop for a, Hey, how are you? And um, so now that I'm older, all these kids that were like 10, 11 years old are coming up and said, you know, you threw me a puck when that, when, when I was a kid and, you know, I, I, I love the hockey, the game because of you, because you, you know, you, you did this, you did that. It's, that's what makes you feel good. And it happens literally, you know, two or three times a day, which is really cool. Especially when I'm here in Chicago. It's pretty cool. I, I love that. I, I think that's so important. And, Gord, and you got that from Gordy Howe. Riv, I'd love to know if yeah. you had an experience when you were a kid, but I, I want to share something too about that. When I was a kid, my dad took me down to Cleveland to watch two games. They, they played the Minnesota Twins, and we went back-to-back days, stayed overnight, whatever. It was, it was a great weekend, back when I was starting to try to get into baseball. And my dad's friend used to go to Cleveland all the time. He was a major Indians fan. Now they're called something else. What are they called now? The Cleveland, they changed their name. Uh, Cleveland, whatever they are. Um, I don't know. I don't follow baseball. So, um, Anyway, so um, we went down to Cleveland, and my, my dad's friend said, hey, take Andrew to this gate. This is where the Indians come out, and they'll sign autographs for players. So I got a Kirby Puckett ball from batting practice. He hammered one, and it was a foul ball, and it went over to – we were sitting over on the, the third baseline, and I had the ball, and I went around to their bus after, and I was standing there, and I had his ball. I said, Mr. Puckett, I, I, I got this ball from batting practice. Would you sign it? He looked at me and walked right on the bus. Okay? Like, I swear to God, I was crushed. I was crushed. I went around to the other side to, to wait for the Indians, right? Like, I was, I, was a, I was probably 10, 11. So I went around, and I'm waiting for the Indians. And out comes Charles Nagy, and out comes all these guys, and they stop and they sign. And, you know, they head off to their cars. Well, there's a huge monster crowd, and there's a guy that literally was taking hours after the game to sign for everybody. He didn't miss, and my dad made a point of keep, he kept reminding me, Sandy Alomar Jr. did not let anybody, kid leave without getting an autograph and yeah, and there was a white there was a, a a white suv 
and it was baseball players. And my dad was just kind of like, are you guys waiting for him? And, and they're like, yeah, we ride, we, we carpool with him. And he said, you wait like through this whole line of traffic. And they're like, he does this every single game. We wait for him. Like every single game, he does not let anybody miss an autograph. That's and that how was, it should be. That's how it should that be. was one of the coolest things yeah. I've, I've, and I never forgotten that. Like, and even when I was playing hockey, I never had forgotten that Sandy Alomar jr. It, it, it will forever be, you know, in my brain that he never left anybody aside for an autograph. Yeah. 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 Is there a is there a point in time where you when you when you feel that you don't have to do that? For me, it's two it's two things. For me, if I'm if I'm having dinner and I'm in the, in the middle of eating in a restaurant with my family, you know, wait till after I'm finished eating, then come to the table, say hi. But you know, right while I'm eating, when my mouth is full and someone comes over and says something, it's kind of it's just uncomfortable yep. and. That's the only time, that's really the only time that I wouldn't be mean about it. I would just be like, you know, you know, after dinner, I'll, I'll take care of you or I'll sign an autograph, take a picture. And the other time is, you know, I'll sign two or three cards, but it's these people that show up with like bricks of cards and they expect you to sign all of them. I'll sign two or three, but I won't, I won't sign much more than that. Here's my, my irritation level in, in this conversation in Montreal. It's truly nuts. It's like the hockey mecca. Um, they live it. And every single morning, every single day, whether it's Monday, um, you know, non-game days all the way throughout the week, you would have 30 to 40 people every single morning when you got to the rink at 830. Okay. Every single morning. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. But out of the 35 people that are there every single morning, 33 of them are there every single day. Mm-hmm. Every That's day. Just I'm just signing, autographs. Yeah. Just collecting autographs and selling you know, the, the, the photos. And I understand the business of it all. And I, I did it every day. But, I mean, that gets tiresome. That gets tiresome after years, after every single day, you're doing the yeah. same Yeah, thing. the autograph sniffers. The autograph sniffers in Montreal. You know, the ones that wear two extreme. jerseys and they say, I'm a super fan. Can you sign this one? And then, oh, pull up another one. Here's make sure you sign it. Riv, you said yeah. it the other day. Yeah. Make sure you sign it a, in blue. So well, I that's had the a, thing. I, I mean. It's, it's, it's a good point by you, Riv, because when, when I was 19, I was going to Toronto. You know what it's like to go into Toronto. Yeah. through all the card sharks that were waiting once you get off the bus or you get out of a cab. And um, I remember getting out of the cab and going into the, and, you know, busting through, you know, 30, 30 or 45 people signing as much as I can. There was one little kid that was, um, that was getting an autograph and he was amongst all the card sharks that sell cards and all that stuff. I can tell that these, these guys are giving this little kid cards so he can, that he can sign for them. Anyway, <laughs> long story short after practice i snuck out one of the side one of the side doors to kind of avoid big all the people waiting and they had these they had the the bird watchers they had one in the corner of each of each door in case somebody came out it'd be like hey you know someone's coming out over here and then they would all run well i came out the side door and this little and, and the poacher saw me come out that little kid that i told you was in all the all the people his uncle 
and him were getting in a car that was parked on the side of the street on, um, on uh, I think it was Dundas. And literally all the people are running down the, the sidewalk at me. I jump in the back seat of the little kid's car with his uncle and said, just drive, just go. I didn't, didn't even know who they were. Just jumped in the car, right, to get away from them. And they, the, this, this great, this little kid and his uncle took me back to the hotel. And I said to him, no, don't hang around with all those, those card sharks. They're just selling stuff. And, you know, you want it for yourself. I said, I'll tell you what, if you don't hang out there every day like those guys, when I come back into town next trip, I'll bring you in to, for practice. You come have breakfast. And sure shit. I show up to Toronto the next, the next uh, trip. My, my message light is flashing in the, in the hotel. It was a, a message from my little buddy that I had, that I had met. Brought him. He came to the to the hotel. We had breakfast. I brought him to the rink. He walked out of the cab with me, right through all the people and all the people. Like, how did you get with Jeremy Roenick? How did you get in there? And I, we we walked right by everybody. We went into the locker room. He sat in my stall while we got dressed with all the guys in the Hawks. Everybody treated him good. And um, that kid must that have felt on, like king wow. shit, man. That's that's incredible. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still extremely good friends with. With his, with him, his name oh, is Darcy Walsh. His name is Darcy Walsh from Toronto. I'm still extremely, extremely close with him. He comes to my hockey schools, helps me. Um, he's uh, very, still very, very close with me. One of my greatest friends in the world. And I met him walking into a, a arena, and he literally saved me from getting attacked by the card sharks. But he would come. He would go to he, every time we'd come in. He'd come to the rink. They'd let him in. He just he can. He can do what he wanted, run through the locker That's the kind of relationship you formulate when you like are like a organ donor. This is that's that's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's awesome. Today. Well, still you know, today. you know what? Uh, uh, we know you you got to travel today, so we have exactly you know one hour with you. And I just I got to tell you and Craig both what really pisses me off. I think Craig will probably get on board with this too. You know what pisses me off, Craig? Getting text messages to the group chat saying hundred percent for my hundred percent for my first was, round, assholes. I went a hundred percent and I go back and I check the conversation because I'm like, I kind of um, feel like JR Pitt picked Pittsburgh there. Didn't he pick Pittsburgh there? Because I'm the only one that picked you know, the I, Rangers. I you know, when I when I was texting, I was like, hmm. The only one that I'm really not sure of is because that Pittsburgh Rangers one, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Maybe it'll sneak by. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to go back and check. Fuck that. Oh, Busted. That Busted. Great. Anyway. Great first round though. Great first round. So what you, you had seven and eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had seven out of eight, which is, I had bets on five series. So I won all of the, all of all the series bets, which was good. But um, yeah, it was, Fuck! I was nervous. I was nervous with Florida, though at the start of the series. I was nervous with Calgary at the start of the series. I thought, Jesus Christ! I mean, my my St. Louis pick over Minnesota is pretty good. Florida was minus four hundred in in the series, right? As I bet three three hundred bucks, minus four hundred. That's that's a good kick in the balls for that's a twelve hundred dollar hit. But if Florida loses, minus four hundred. That's Thank goodness they lit it up. I think I think Florida rolls over Tampa though in this series. What do you think? Mm. I don't think Tampa is rollable. That's the problem. They, you know, they're they're going to be missing Braden Point, which is going to be a huge loss. But they just 
it's just next man up there. They're just so deep. What happened to Pointer? It looked like, it looked like he pulled his hip flexor, or tore his hip flexor or something like that. That could be a number weird. of things, no? I mean, I, I, th- I thought hip flexor too. I thought hip flexor too, but I mean. ACL, snap, Achilles, snap. I don't know. It was weird. It was just weird how he went into the boards. It was really weird you know? how he went into the boards. Yeah. Got his leg tucked underneath him bent back could be hip flexor could be knee could be thigh muscle like i mean there's so many things you guys like i was so impressed um that he didn't get undressed and he just sat on the bench with the boys for the game i love that i mean that's that's being that's being a good teammate right well it is it is good being a good teammate and sure you want to have the front row seats for game seven but uh I mean, get in the damn locker room and uh, ice that thing mm-hmm. and do what you have to do. Like, I mean, yeah, I like. There's I like no, there's no sense in him sitting on do the guys, bench for two do you hours. Guys, do, do you guys remember when? Um, um, the, who was the uh, the the jerk off uh, quarterback for the Bears? Every, Cutler. Oh when yeah. Cutler got, got, when Cutler got hurt in the playoff game, and everybody questioned it, and he went out of the game in the playoff game. And that young kid quarterback came in and Cutler sat on the bench with his hoodie up and didn't even help the kid, right? Just sat on the bench, didn't cheer, wasn't rah-rah, didn't have the the, uh, the iPad showing, you know, going through the, you know, through the setups. And I, I hate know, Jay Cutler. A lot of people do. I hate Jay Cutler. Do. I've always hated Jay do. Cutler. You know, you were talking about the first round. What happens in Toronto, JR? Well, listen. If Toronto, they got, got respect. Back they got respect in the in the handshake line. They got respect they in the got, handshake line. They got. They got. Unfortunately, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> they got respect in the handshake line. Well, that of course probably makes Mitchie Marner feel better. You get respect because you lost. It's easy to give respect to when you when you lost. But they um they played a hell of a game, man. Game seven. I mean, Tampa, like you said, Riv, you, you said they're unrollable. You know, they they just found a way to chip away. They got an unbelievable performance by one of the best goaltenders on the planet. And won. that's why they're Stanley Cup winners back-to-back. And if Toronto would have won that game, we would have we talked about how great a team Toronto is, yeah. right? how they battled adversity and, and got it done. But they, got, but they hit a hot goaltender. That, that's it. Both goaltenders were great. Goals weren't cheap. And Vasilevsky just made the big saves, and the goaltender stole game seven. That's how how you win sometimes. You don't think the refs kind of screwed him a little bit? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of complaining about the refereeing. There's no complaining except for you about the refs. Bullshit. Yeah, I don't think think the refs. I don't think the refs. And by the way, that's the easiest place to go when when you're mad about the situation, right? They had power plays. They didn't score. <laughs> it's the first place to go. But no, I thought it was a good hockey game. I thought Toronto was the better team. Um, big game. Big, hey, when you have when you have role players that do things that are out of their role, and they do it in the playoffs, that's how you win. That's how you win games and game sevens and championships. We like, talked Paul about was this. awesome. Go ahead, Riff. Go ahead. What well, I was say? just going to say, you know, you look at Tampa Bay and, and, and what they've done the last couple of years in their Stanley Cup. 
you know, they have the star-studded talent, the Kucherov, Point, Stamkos. They have that next tier of guys in, in Palat and Kalorn. Um, and then you look at this, they always seem to bring in certain pieces that are so important. The guys like Johnny Goudreau, or um, not John, uh, um, Barkley Goudreau. They bring in Blake Coleman. They bring in guys like this because you need these type of players in the playoffs that have yeah. more grit and more physicality to their game. So Blake Coleman leaves this year. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say Blake Coleman about- goes back and leaves. He goes to the Calgary Flames doing great things there. Yeah. Barkley Goudreau signs a big contract in, in, with the New York Rangers. They've done an, a nice job this year. So who does, who does, uh, Tampa Bay go and get. They go and get a guy, Nick Paul from Ottawa. He's a big guy, six foot four, you know, 220 pounds. He 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 plays an honest, plays with some physicality. He can skate. Um, he's had he had a really, I think he scored over 20 goals this year. Well, he stepped up in a big way. He stepped yeah. up in a big way. These are role players, a third line guy. That yeah, stepped but up and scored two goals. But I think what I think I think what Jeremy's trying to say too, even beyond that point, is those players are there. Yeah, they stepped up in the offensive roles, and we see that in the playoffs. We see that you know your Travis Moen scoring game winners, your Mike Rupp scoring game winners, and and big games like that. Just those two are the ones that come to mind. But look at how the star players play. And when they play out of character, like, and, and you and I talked about this yesterday and JR, I don't know if you saw it, but Connor McDavid to start game seven against LA. What did he do? Riff, what did he do? We talked about it yesterday. He absolutely right big, big body check. Yeah. Huge body check. He ran somebody over in the corner. I can't remember who it was, but he ran somebody over. Then he scores that massive goal with five minutes left in the game to make it two nothing. Yeah. And, and I, I said to Riv yesterday, I have a, a, a group of friends back home that are all Leaf fans and they're all on a group chat. And, I, you know, and I just said, did you see Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander do that at all in your game seven? And that's, to me, that's the difference. When you talk about guys playing out of character, it's the star players more than the role players who are expected to do that. Yeah, and you know, everybody on the bench to start that game saw Connor McDavid lay that big hit. And everybody's like, okay, well, we got to do it too. If he's going to do it, we got to follow him, right? Which is, yeah. which is, they did. They got it done. But Solve this, you know, solve I, this debate for us. <clears throat> take Matthews off of Toronto. Take McDavid off of Edmonton. Who's got the better team? Uh, I think Toronto. I think Toronto still. But, so what does that I mean, do? What does that do for you when you're picking the uh, the Hart Trophy? Because it's the it's it's not the best player. Because you know if you if you look at the Ted Lindsay, you're going to have most likely that, the players are going to vote yeah. for Connor McDavid. If you're going if you're going the Hart Trophy, this is the most valuable player to his team. Yeah, I well, think when you look at those two guys, okay. And he's in there. The, those are the top three guys, McDavid, Matthews, and Shesterkin. But wh- who's the most valuable to the team? You take Connor McDavid off Edmonton. You take Shesterkin off of the Rangers and Matthews off Toronto. What team is going to falter? 
I would for for me, I would say the Rangers for because of goaltending. But I think Matthews is going to win. I think Matthews is going to win the Hart Trophy. Sixty goals hasn't been done since Stamkos. That's such a such a, an achievement. Um, the amount of goals that he scored over the last two years with the lock with the um, with the pandemic last year. So I don't know. And McDavid's won. He's won the Hart Trophy. He's. He, it's not a surprise that he's the the leader in points in the league. I, I just think Matthews did something that was um, very unique, which will help him. But the Rangers, that, that's just circuit is, I mean, what a season that kid's had. But I don't know. Maybe the name and being a goaltender will work against him. So he, he said Toronto. I don't I, – I completely agree. Com- Toronto's still the better team without the, either star player. But that's why I think – my mind was changed yesterday back to saying that it's my MVP would be McDavid. Cause I, I don't think the Rangers, if you took Shesterkin off the Rangers, I still think they're with, with Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider, Fox, Keandre Miller. I, I'm leaving. You know, like you take McDavid off the Oilers and that team is not very good at all. At all. No. Who would you vote for for the uh, if you were voting right now for the Ted Lindsay voted on by the players? Who who's your vote in the league? Um, I mean, I, I, again, I would have to I would have to go with Matthews with that again. Um, Sixty goals to me is just such an achievement in this league. You know, especially nowadays. I mean, we had more fifty goal scorers, but. I mean, score score sixty goals in the league today with how fast these players are, how agile and strong, how good the goaltenders are, how athletic they are, how good the equipment is. It's I think what Matthews did did was incredible. I'd take Matthews. Okay, I'm gonna say Kale McCarr. I would vote for That's, Kale McCarr. So does Kale McCarr win the win the Norris over Roman Yossi? <laughs> I I I would say yes. I would say yes. For me, I would say yes. I don't think so. I think I think that I think the voters are going to say Kyle McCarr has got a better team around him. How many how many points did the OC finish with? Ninety six. Ninety six. Ninety six points as a defenseman. I know Kale was what eighty six, eighty four, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. Kale's got a better, better supporting cast. He's younger, so a lot of these these voters are going to say he's going to win multiples. You know, Roman Yossi's getting up there. He's had multiple years where he could have been Norris. I just think he he's had too big of a year. Three hundred and twelve goals for. That's the uh, Colorado Avalanche. That's their season. 266 goals for in Nashville. Huge difference difference. between one team. We're talking 50 goals. (laughs) 50 goals that a a team. And Roman Yossi was involved. Roman Yossi was involved with over 30% of them. Yes. It's insane. They're not even, I shouldn't even say they're close. We had this debate yesterday. We were talking about it yesterday. And I said, go take, go take old Kale McCarr and stick him on the Buffalo Sabres and, and, and go take, you know, for an example, Roman Yossi. Wouldn't you love to see Roman Yossi playing on the Colorado Avalanche running that power play? 
with okay. and being on the ice every game with Rantanen, McKinnon, Langnescog. Could you imagine how many points he would have? Yep. Yep. Jumping Sick. up into the play with those guys. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, both players are sick, but I just think Roman Yossi having the year that he had, you know, did you say the percentage of points for, for a team? Yep. No, I, I, I think it's good. It's got to be Roman Yossi this, this year. It's got to be. I was really disappointed that um, my boy, Freddie Anderson, didn't, wasn't on for the Vesna down there what in Carolina. A, what a bloody joke that is. I mean, that kid had a what great a joke. Great year. You know, I know that team is good, but Ed Anderson played his ass off and he gets hurt at the end of the year. Just so fitting that he's going on to the second round and the Leafs still aren't, though, isn't it? You know, yeah. because he was he was the scapegoat. He let in a couple softies, uh, you know, and if you recall, there was one along the ice and he let it he let it dribble in. And that one might not have cost in the series, but I know that it was one that, uh, you know, was like backbreaking. In, a, in an important game, and it'll be interesting he, if he's going to come back, if 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 he's healthy enough to come back, and if if Roddy um, puts it, puts him in net when Ranta's been playing so well, you know he's back to you know back to one hundred percent. Well, they, they go, have they time, right? They have time to to allow Freddie Anderson to make sure when he does come back that he's going to be ready. You looked at you look at uh, Jari, who came back, played for the Pittsburgh Penguins the other night. I thought he looked incredible. Would you, st- even though he looked incredible, hindsight, would you still have put him in? Well, listen, I mean, like, what I, a risky I, move putting him in. It's I mean, not a risky to- move if you see him every single day, and he's had the ample time to get his game to where they feel extremely comfortable of putting him in in a game seven. See, we're not we're not behind the scenes, but he's the number one goaltender. Freddie Anderson is the number one goaltender. If Freddie Anderson has the time to, to, to come back from this injury and not just be Freddie Anderson, the guy that was an injured guy, but Freddie Anderson who has gotten stronger, quicker, because he's had the ample opportunity to, to really work on his game and to be sharp, I'd, I'd put him in in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I agree with you, Riff. I would too. I would too. Were you surprised to see Crosby come back for Game Seven, Jr.? No, no. I'm, and any insight on what that injury I'm, was? You have any inside I'm, info? Was it a concussion? I'm, I guess that's what they say. And if that's the case, then they kept him out of the game because I'm sure he wanted to play in Game Six. Um, you know, like concussion protocol. There's no getting around it. If you're not passing or looking a little peaked, you're missing a game. If you um, listen, this is this is something that's so confusing to me. So you're being held out of the game because the concussion spotters, okay, and the guys that come down <laughs> who interact with the player, okay, and they make a decision to say this player is not capable of going back in this game, so we're going to hold him out because he has a concussion. How the hell is fucking Sidney Crosby playing Two three, days four days later? Well, I've always had that. That question on, on like certain it's guys. So, such a joke. Just a, just pieces of meat. They don't give a shit. Well, Crosby has to have a say in that. You know he's not being forced to play. He, he, you want to know why there's concussion spotters? To take the fucking uh, pressure off the, the ability. player. It's not pressure off the player. It's, it's the player protect, shouldn't have a, a say. I would play protect, with a, 10 per, concussions yeah. 
if I yeah, if I too. could. This yeah. is the whole protect point the of having from the player. Exactly. Protect the player, protect protect the player, the player from, from the player. The player. Sidney Crosby should not be making a decision. I don't care if he's one of the best players in the world. I don't care if he has nine points in five games in the playoffs. He has a concussion. They made a decision that game that night in the second period to say, we do not feel comfortable putting this kid back in, in, in the lineup. He has a concussion. Okay, so why is he playing four days later? Great point. It's a good question. Have someone in the NHL ask, answer that question. Yeah, is it wasn't it usually a week week protocol? What, yes, what you have, yeah, the minimum of a week. Like you out. just had your head. But that's gone. That's you had gone. the marbles. You had the the gerbil in your head. Got rattled around. You're going to tell me four days later this guy's ready to play? Did yeah, Sidney no. Crosby look like he was no. he, he was 100? percent No, no, he didn't. No, he did shit. No. I appreciate now, hearing now, you say that. Now, what do you, now, 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 what do you say? What do you say to Sidney? Do you do you do you, do you Praise him for being the team guy, coming back and playing hurt, coming back and jeopardizing what could be his health to help win a game. Or do you criticize him for doing that and not being um, responsible to his own health moving forward? It's a very that's a very deep question. It's a, I, in my opinion, I I I can't. How do you how do you fault him? I can't. I can't. I mean, I, I'll always, I'll always commend somebody for playing with an injury, but the brain is the brain is so especially I mean, with his history I too, right? I mean, with his history, I thought for sure why even why play him in a game seven? I mean, you're your franchise player, and he still has time on his contract is out again with a bell ringing, we'll call it, and you're now. Are, are, is there a chance that we're wrong that it's a collarbone and where we sound like idiots right now? I don't. I don't think so. I I'm convinced that it was his head. So, if it was his head, then there it, this is failed miserably. If it's any other part of his body, um, that uh, that should be you know a choice of of Sidney Crosby. You know, and and here's the thing: it it, it sucks because I made those choices throughout my career to continue to play through injuries, which damaged my injuries way worse, worse. which, worse, yep. you know, at the time, great, just have another surgery at the end of the year. So I've got both my shoulders redone, my knee done twice, my wrist, my cheekbone, my knuckles. I mean, now at the age of 47, I'm sitting there looking back on my career and going, fuck, how stupid was I? I should not have played because I feel like a bag of shit. Every day I wake up, it's the same thing. It's Groundhog Day of feeling shitty. My body feels terrible mm -hmm. because you know what? I made a choice as a professional hockey player back in the day that I am going to do whatever it takes, whatever mm -hmm. it takes to play. I'm going to play mm -hmm. through pain because guess what? I didn't have to have a play through pain because you know why? I took drugs. <laughs> Perfect. I played the game. All my teams loved it. Hey, Reve's yep. in the lineup. He's sucking it up. Yep. He's a big team player. Bullshit. I mean, there there should have been times when when people told me, no, you should not be playing. Give more time. You're not Superman. Your 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 body is not healing quicker than the normal man. I didn't have that. They're like, hey, you want to play? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I can't play because I can't put on well, my boot. Especially my, my shoulder, my arm over my head. Well, let's just take some Toradol. Let's just take something. But I think it, 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 it takes it to a new level when it's the head, right? So if new you have head. a broken, you have a broken finger, you have a separated shoulder, your knee is sprained, you know, put, shoot it up, get out there, play. How bad can it get? When, it, when it's your head, that becomes a whole different story because okay. when, you're, when your brain starts bleeding and doing all that stuff, when you don't know what's going to happen when you turn 60 or 65 because of the, the, the chronic damage that you, that you did to it when you're younger, um, you know, that's scary. Dementia and, and all that stuff is scary. Yeah, but we didn't know about dementia back when we were playing. Let me ask you this, JR. You, you had, you know, many documented concussions, Okay. Let me ask you this. In your playing time, do you remember being on the ice, taking a body check or giving a body check where you saw stars? Happened three or four times a game. Okay. So here's, here's, here's where I'm going with this. You know, the concussion spotters, they're there to spot guys like Jeremy Roenick, who may have rung a bell. And they need to make sure that Jeremy Roenick is not going to go on the ice after he sustained a concussion. Because when you see stars, when you see fuzzy and your body is, is it's, it's almost like sticking a, um, uh, a cord into a socket and getting electrocuted. That's what it feels like. So your whole body is going zing and all these zings are going through your body and you're, and you're tingly in the whole shooting match, but you're going back and you're sitting on the bench going, I'm not going to fucking tell them. I'm not going to tell them because I'm not coming out of the game. So yeah, you're going to wait buzzer. a little a bit buzzer. long. It's just a buzzer. It's just a little ding. It'll be right? fine. Yeah. So this yeah, is the whole point. It. The hockey mm-hmm. player needs to be um, protected from themselves. Protected from themselves. Because they're That's not going to come out. It's a great point. It really is a great point. Yeah. Well, JR, we're, uh, we're, I, I love that conversation, and we have lots more time down the road to talk more about it too, as I'm sure we will. Uh, but there's a lot of other things that we, we got to get to. I need your, your thoughts and opinions on. Number one, Pete DeBoer fired yesterday from Vegas. Lane Lambert hired in Long Island. Helmet rule, and have we seen Malkin play his last game? So I threw like a bit of a – smorgasbord of options there for you if you want to pick one but you know DeBoer let go in Vegas you know I I, I feel like he might have deserved another shot but I wonder if this is to bring in a guy like Barry Trotz just what do you think I'll tell you I, I'll tell you I, I I think DeBoer is a good coach but I, I don't think he did a very good job with um with Vegas in this last year I think he's I have a very very close friend who lives in Vegas is one of the biggest um Vegas fans there is he's friends with players on Vegas and I hear from him the frustration of watching every single game that the that the Knights play and my buddy's like how the fuck can they not put this guy with this guy how is how is Jack Eichel not playing the center with Marcia so and somebody else and so for me I don't think he ran the bench very well I don't think he used his, his matchups properly and it ended up costing them at the end. Um, but my buddy in Vegas will be like, thank goodness the board got fired because he, he did a terrible job. I don't think I could say that 100%, but um, you never like to see guys get fired, but you no. Know, 
Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, I'm going to say I think it's I think it's a horseshit firing. Uh, when you have one of your top left wingers in Riley Smith play 56 games, you miss him terribly. When you have Max Pacioretty, who is your top left winger, uh, play 39 games, you miss him terribly. When you have William Carlson, who played 67 games, and in the games that he played, he was horseshit, you miss them terribly. You miss your captain, Mark Stone, who the entire game, 37 games he played, he had 30 points. 37 games he played. He was injured for all of them. Okay. He played through it, played through it. Um, Jack Eichel, 34 games this year. The guy hasn't played in a year and a half almost. You, you can't expect him to come in and be the Jack Eichel that everybody knows what he. He also the played the last 15 games or whatever with a broken hand, allegedly, but a, a, that's a thumb or hand. Broken or, thumb. Or, you or know, something. so um, like Jack Eichel was not anywhere near being ready. And you can just go down like Zach Whitecloud, who is who is a solid defenseman. He didn't play the full season. He played 59 games. Braden McNabb played 69 games. He missed 13 games. And you just go, Nicholas Hag is, is a defenseman that has been in the lineup each and every night. Alex Martinez, one of the guys that they rely on on the back end. He played 26 games last year. Name me a coach in the league that is going to have success with this with this t- team, Mike Sullivan. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> you, you love no, Mike wouldn't. Sullivan, eh? No one's gonna do. No, no it's one's a, gonna it's a great do point, anything Riff. with this team. And it's a great point, Riff. You make a great point. But the Vegas Golden Knights, who fired a coach after running them to the Stanley Cup final, right to the Stanley Cup final, anybody can get gassed. Whether it's you know maybe yeah. there's a lack of communication between GM and coach or or, or, or just no patience by the by ownership and management like maybe there's you know like maybe, how many years had uh, DeBoer been there three I think two and a half yeah I think two and a half two and a half he came maybe. in halfway through and then. Maybe three. three tough couple of years three. to have to work with a eh? COVID injuries. It's like, Oh my God. Well, what a, yeah, what but a the Vegas is Vegas is quick to the quick to the trigger. Like they, they have no problem like pulling that trigger. I mean, what they, yeah. what yeah. they did with, the, um, with I kind of, I kind of like it. I kind of like that. They're just like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to make a big trade here. Boom. We want this guy. We're going to go get him. And you know what? Hey, we're going to fire this guy. Yeah. Let's, let's fire and bring in new coach. Like they make stuff interesting. I'll tell you that. Maybe the most interesting team in the league. What do you um, think they're going to do with uh, Robin Leonard? Oh, geez. It's got three, got three more years at five Schmilly. Um, Is there a team in the league that would take Robin Leonard? That's that's number one, um, but it'll be very interesting to see how this team does next year because I think they, I think they're pretty strong. You know, with a healthy Jack Eichel, healthy Mark Stone, Pacioretty, William Carlson, uh, Marchezo. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Dannenoff, right? Because they tried to uh, ship him to uh, you know Never Never Land, and that didn't work out. So. They've got some uh, some decisions to make, but this is a pretty strong team. They're pretty deep. Yeah, it is a strong team. It is a strong team, and you know I think you got to give Leonard one more one more year, one more shot, right? Just for the same reasons that we that you just talked about with the board. But is is he a but distraction? He started off as a distraction in the beginning of the season with some of the things that he was saying, right? 
I mean, call, calling out the league and calling out the trainers and all that stuff of the same nature that we were talking about, right? Yep. How, um, so I don't know. That's, I was shocked when they gave up Flurry and kept, kept Leonard. I, that team, you never know what they're going to do. Yeah, you never know. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, Malkin, last game as a Penguin. Did you guys hear that hey, the Penguins uh, offered? Hey, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, real, real, real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, I will say I know what you're going. I, I, I think I said my what I think is going to happen to Malkin. I think he's going to leave. I, I truly do. I think he's going to get out of Sidney Crosby's shadow for one. I, I just think he's going to. Um, but can we talk about real quick and give some props? Um, and I know we got, got about 10 minutes left. But did you guys see the at last game for the New York Islanders versus Tampa and Chara scoring the goal at the end of the game? And, you know, they knew it was his last game and everybody stayed on to come shake his hand other team all of his players the referees did you guys see 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 that when everybody came and and hugged chara and congratulated him on his career it was one of the greatest things i've seen in in in, in hockey you know and i don't know how you guys feel about chara but he's probably one of the most respected one of the greatest people uh that i think's yes. ever put skate put, put skates on and a hell of a hockey player and just and you just don't see that kind of gratitude in sports where the other team waited in line to shake Char's hand for hit for his career that he had. thought that was the greatest thing ever, man. Do you know how, do you know how grateful all those other players are that he is now out of the league? (laughs) I know (laughs) that's for sure too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what you say. There, there's, there a big, there's a big baton. There's a big baton and a big piece of lumber that's not going to be in front of that net anymore. Well, you know, <laughs> I I don't think I can really remember a player that has been like Zidane Chara. No, six nine, two hundred and fifty pounds. You know, in his in his. Um, long story career of, of 1,680 games. There's probably about 1,300 of those games where he was, uh, you know, on the power play. He was penalty killing. He was playing against the best team, best players every night. I remember, I remember Saku Koivu in a practice one time. Um, we were doing, we were doing a battle, small area battle drills one-on-one. And I remember I was playing against Saku Koivu and, you know, just kind of like he was doing the turn back and I was kind of like covering him. And then he just literally snapped. He turned around, he started screaming at me, all the players, all the media is looking at him. He's like, if you're not going to fucking play me like Sedana Chara, I'm not going to get better. He's going to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> And I was looking at Saku like, what the hell? Like, you're our top player. I can't go and abuse you. And he, and, he, and he was like yelling at me because he needed to play in practice like it was a game. He needed me to give my 100% because when he goes against Chara, he's going to be better suited to play against him. That's pretty cool. And I That's and cool. I, I remember that I was just like, oh, okay, you know, like just now now all of a sudden I don't, I, I don't checks know. are coming out. And, but I don't know Saku. I never I I met him a couple times, but I I didn't know much about him. But from all from what I hear, he was he's was an unbelievable teammate. No Riv. He is uh, well. He's you know he's he's a tremendous tremendous competitor. I'll tell you, he is. 
He is, uh, he did not like to lose. He was ferocious in the way that he played the game. Like he was, you know, he was a power play guy, penalty kill guy. His hands, his, his dangle hands were absolutely off the chart. I mean, he was just a competitor. The, the, you know, he's five foot uh, 10 and 180 pounds, but he played like he was 6'5", 225 with a chip on his shoulder. So I loved, uh, I loved playing with him. He was, uh, he was a lot of fun, but great, uh, great teammate for sure. So who do we like? Who, who do we like this round, boys? Got some pretty good teams left, left in this sucker. <laughs> who do you like? I'm taking Florida Rangers, Colorado, Calgary, although I'm really looking forward to this battle of Alberta. I, I, you know, for some reason, I, I want to see Edmonton win it, but I just don't see that as being realistic. But I just, I said to Riv yesterday, I, I would love to see Connor McDavid take this series by storm and go and win the battle of Alberta. And, you know, you just want to see the best player in the world keep playing, in my opinion. Yeah, no, there's something to be said about that. No question about it. Um, they've had such a such terrible years over the last nine years. Wouldn't it be It'd an be amazing nice. story too? We were shit talking yeah. them all the way back in January. They were firing yeah. coaches and stuff, and yeah. they were falling out of the playoffs. And we kept saying well, this would be one of the most catastrophic drops in in recent years in Again. hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I like I like your Florida pick. I think Carolina gets it done again. Colorado, obviously. And I think you're right. I don't think Edmonton can pull it off. I think Calgary again. But I mean, it's been, I can't believe how many fucking goals are being scored in the playoffs. You know, I mean, game sevens were different. They're a little lower scoring, but holy shit, eight goals, 10 goals, nine goals, seven goals, 10 goals. It's just unbelievable. These shootouts, it's been so much fun to watch. Unexpected. Unexpected, but I, but I love it. And, and you know what's great about it? You got a two-goal game in a playoff game now. Doesn't mean anything. You get a three-goal game in a playoff game now, and the other team can catch up. That's the best part about this. And that's like, whereas years past, you'd see teams go into lockdown mode, and it's now you see teams down two with you know fourteen minutes left. They tie it up. It's it's fantastic. It's the most exciting playoffs I think I've ever watched. Yep. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, man. And some two, sick goals. Two of the best, very best uh, defensive teams in the league. Uh, number one was Carolina Hurricanes, and number two was New York Rangers. Best goals oh, against in the league, 202 and 207 goals against. So these two teams can defend with the best of them. Obviously, great goaltending on the Rangers side, um, but overall team defense from Carolina. They have no superstars, maybe a slash uh, Ajo, but they are truly, they play. That's Metzikoff is pretty yeah. good too. Okay. Yeah. We can throw some guys in there, but there's no, there's no elite. Overwhelming. Elite super, yeah. Overwhelming superstar. I love the way Carolina plays because they're a five man unit of defense first hockey, which translates into offense. So I'm going to go with Carolina in this, uh, in this series. Yeah, I'm going to definitely take to Florida over Tampa Bay, um, you know, and, and if they can get by Tampa Bay, I really do believe that, uh, you know, Florida is going to put themselves in a, in a good position, but they've got to get by a monster uh, opponent in, in Tampa Bay, Colorado. Yeah. I mean, can you, I think Colorado is going to be tested for the first time in this playoffs. And they're going to be up against a team that has how many 20 goal scores, Petey? 20 or uh, nine? 
Uh, it's like nine, nine yeah. Uh, yeah, nine guys that have scored over 20 goals. Mm-hmm. I think they had. And, uh, and, they, and St. Louis finished the year the hottest team scoring-wise in the, in, yes. the, in the league. Yes, so, so they're a very they dangerous play, they team. They can play defense, and they can play defense, that team. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think that you can bet against Colorado yet. You know, they, 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 won, they won their series, what, four straight. They've got, they've got rest. Um, they're going to be ready to go in this next series. I think Colorado will, uh, will, they're just too powerful right now. That McKinnon's on it. McKinnon is a beast. Like he's playing at a different level this year. Yeah. Playoffs. I mean, that just like, just like obviously McDavid did up, up in Edmonton. This, this kid is just McKinnon is playing at a different level right now. Okay. So. Is it is it obvious for me to say? I mean, we know they're from the same hometown. We know they do the Tim Hortons drive-through thing. We know they train together. But do you not feel like McKinnon has just not ripped off, but basically copycatted Con- uh, how uh, Sidney Crosby plays with the the puck puck possession, the speed, and all of it? I mean, he is like a he doesn't skate the same. He, you know, everything's a little bit different. But he's like the way he, the way he works yeah. and the way he plays. He's like a clone. Yeah, power. he dominates games the exact yeah. same way. Yeah, and just sheer power though on top of speed and everything. So a different kind of Crosby. It's it's actually a good comparison because of the way that he carries himself. But he's got more of a bite than Crosby. Like he'll run. He'll he'll punch somebody in the head. He'll run somebody in the corner. Like he's got he got a. He had a pretty good rut, um, charging penalty in, in game four to start the game. And just when he gets going and motoring, he's, he's, at, a, he's at a different uh, ferocity level than Sidney Crosby, but very much how they play the game and see the game. It's a great point. You know, smart, smart as shit. But when he, like, you know, it was really cool last, a couple of years ago, with watching uh, Petrangelo all mic'd up at the outdoor game. And he's playing defense, and all of a sudden, here comes McKinnon winding it up to center ice. And you hear on the on the open mic, Petrangelo go, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Here he comes! Oh shit!" It's Mc-, you know, when he's you like a light. A, he's a lightning rod, man. Yeah, but when you have a world class player and captain like Petrangelo say, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" It's McKinnon. Here he comes! Um, oh shit! Oh shit! That's that tells you how the the elite players look at at McKinnon. Right and how scary he is, but ugh, just a beast. And nobody stick handles faster. Nobody's well, with the exception of McDavid, but not as much as McKinnon. Both those guys are just so fun to watch. Are they the most fun guys to watch in the National Hockey League? Because they're always going. Yep, Kale McCarr, and uh, Kale McCarr. you know you throw him in there with that line that he plays with. Uh, you know, seventy percent of the game with McKinnon, Langnescog, and. Uh, and now uh, Rantanen. I mean, that's we're talking world class guys. They're unstoppable. Yeah, insane. They just play different than everybody else because you you notice right that that when they get going and their work and their power, like it's it's different than watching say a Patrick Kane, right? Because Patrick Kane is more you know subdued, not so fast, but extremely elusive, and his puck his puck um, his puck abilities are beyond crazy good. Right. And it, but he doesn't, he doesn't bring you out of your seat like, oh my gosh, like McKinnon and McDavid do with their speed. 
No, but when he slows down and gets those wide legs going and starts stick handling, and he baits a guy to him, and then he either either makes him look stupid or dishes it. Yeah, sick. It's it's a beautiful thing when Pat Kane slows the game down when he just you know. But then when you got McKinnon just flying down the wing, you know they just it's amazing how guys dominate the game so differently, so differently. Did you finish? Nobody controls the game. Nobody controls the game at the at the tempo and pace that Patrick Kane. I would agree. Did you uh, did you finish your picks, Riv? Did you get Calgary Edmonton in there? Yeah, I looked them up. Um, we 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 know both teams. These teams are very similar too. Calgary had fifty wins this year, and and uh, Edmonton had forty nine. Where where the two teams differ is there's about a forty forty three goal against difference between Calgary and Edmonton. Calgary's defense core. And overall team defense is 10 times better than Edmonton. Now, granted, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl have a ton, and I mean a ton of points, but it's only two guys. Yeah. It's only two guys. I, yeah. You know, in, in Calgary, they, they scored uh, 293 goals for, and Edmonton had 290. Okay, so they're very similar offensively. But defensively, they're not the same at all. There's about a 50, 40 to 50 goal difference. I'm expecting uh, a lot of penalty minutes. There are a lot of guys that can battle in this series. I don't care. There are a lot of guys that yep. can that can go. Yeah. But listen, well, Nurse, I mean, Nurse, and, Nurse and Cassian are going to have to be their, their physical presence, yeah. right? Yeah. On, 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 they have to take Matthew Kachuk out of his game. They got to take Goudreau out of can his game. Can you take Matthew Kachuk out of his game? Like, how do you take him out of his game? You make him snap, get him in the penalty box. Yeah, but that's he, his game. That's his I, game. I know, but he that's doesn't it, snap. He, Name me the last time he snapped because someone's pissed him off so bad. It doesn't happen because um, that's just what he does. Like that's his game. If you're snapping and he's snapping and all, everybody's losing their marbles, means he's doing his job. I think Evander yeah, Kane's going to add some fire to this series as well, boys. Yeah, he's played well. He's played really well. Um, but listen, I mean, if you have a Vander Kane trying to become the tough guy for the Battle of Alberta, then you're losing a Vander Kane. He's, he's I don't know. I think I think he plays guys. better when he's that way. I think he plays better when he's that way. Well, when he's he in likes, the box, he's not playing better. I didn't say in the box. I said just playing hard, finishing checks, intimidating. Jared, did we get your picks on this on these games? Did you give us your your picks? Yeah, I took Florida, Carolina, Calgary, and Colorado. Okay. Right. Like, way to go out on a limb, Jr. Way to go out on a limb. Someone said that to me last, uh, you know, last round, but I I was right for a majority of mine just, too. So just like just like I went hundred percent across the board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure you did. I, I you know, and I know you said about Malkin that you you think he's going to leave, but I mean, what a kick in the groin it was to get a, th- a three year, five million dollar per year contract offer from the Penguins. He and Latang both. I guess that pissed Crosby off. Say I that again. That was there. Supposedly, there was a report that uh, they were offered three times five each, Latang and Malkin, and Crosby was even offended by it. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you got to see Bergeron. Does Bergeron leave Boston? That two guys that you got to wonder where, what they're going to do. Where does Bergeron even retire? I don't know. It's crazy. Well, that, what about Malkin? Why? Why doesn't he retire? He's been banged up, injured, won it all. Like. Because he's enjoying himself. He's playing 40 games a year. It's perfect. 
And the guy, when he plays, is a monster, right? JR, we yeah. know you're up against the clock here. What's What are we missing? What's one thing that uh, you mentioned, Char? Is there anything on your agenda that you wanted to talk about within the league? Nope. Nope. We're, I'm just enjoying win, winning winning bets, watching playoff hockey, and just hope that that, that continues. So far, are the, so good. Are the overs still the play for the second round? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I said the farther that we go, the lower the score is going to be. Okay. There's your gambling advice for better the, teams. For the week. Better, better teams, better teams, right? As the teams that 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 get closer, you know, further in, those are the people. Those are the teams that starts shutting it down defensively. So, first round, it's a gut was a just absolute horse race. I think it slows down this round. Riff, anything to say before we let the man go? No, but I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to the next rounds. These next rounds, you're you're talking monster teams, the teams yeah. that should be there. There's no surprises. We're gonna yeah. see better hockey from here on in. It's just yeah. the playoffs have been so entertaining. As far as and this is just my opinion, I think it's the best hockey, the best playoff hockey I've ever watched. Jr. Sorry, go ahead. It's gonna get better, and it's gonna get better. I agree with you. Yep. I agree two, with you. Two yep. games tonight, Florida, Tampa, Colorado, and St. Louis. Home teams. Home teams. Um, JR, next week, can we critique all the TV talent by name? Because I'm having a really hard time with some of the some of the uh <laughs> some of the coverage of the playoffs, if you will. I think it's a great can we, I think it's a great I think it's a great, great, great idea. Let's do it. Can we can we do a, a good, the bad, and the ugly on the TV coverage next week? Sure, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Why do I know you're in? Hey, why do oh, I know God. that you're in? I don't know. Uh, I watch. I, I watch on mute. Travel safely, man. You guys are the best. We'll see you guys next week. Love All right, you. take Thanks, care. Man. Tomorrow we have Mike Commodore. Really looking forward to having Mike Commodore on the show. And with the Calgary Battle of Alberta going on out there, he was on the team back when they went to the finals, the Sea of Red, you know, all the all the fans. Calgary's a wild town, so we'll get some of the uh, the lowdown from from the city of Calgary during their playoff run. Yeah, it, you know what? He had the legendary Ronald McDonald hair in the playoffs, if you remember, playing for oh, Calgary. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was awesome, and he had he had a great team back then. He had a really, really good team, and he understands what it's like to play in front of the Sea of Red. Like, it is truly awesome. It's one of the very best buildings in the league in the playoffs because every single solitary fan all wear red jerseys, and it's awesome. It's called the Sea of Red, and it's it's probably one of the the most uh, exciting buildings to play in. I remember playing in it in uh, two thousand, thinking two thousand seven, where we played Calgary in the first round. We ended up beating them in Game Seven. Okay, in the first round in Game Seven, but I'll tell you, it was a very very difficult to play uh, arena to play in. I look, I look forward to hearing from him about it because uh, yeah. he and I also back on November 3rd, Wednesday, November 3rd, uh, in, the, in the evening, we were texting heavy and hard 
about the Calgary report on the Jack Eichel trade and the Vegas, and then Jack was traded the next day. So he and I were were sourcing each other because he had info, I had info, and we were kind of molding it together in our message to try to come up with where Jack was going to be traded because we both knew the night before that it was about ready to explode, like any minute, okay? Yeah. We, you know we what had, it's called, eh? What's that? You know what it's called? What? Insider. He's the insider. So he he and I were going back and forth on on what we knew, what we heard, trying to connect dots and everything. And the conversation is hilarious. And I'll re- I'm going to read it to him tomorrow because um, he's he's a great guy. But you, you should hear how close we were. Like he wanted, he was ready to tweet Jack's going to Vegas the night before it happened. He was ready because I had info. He had info. And, and it's funny. And then I just, I kind of, you know, the next morning I was like, okay, I heard the news. So I, I put it out there, but um, it was a great buildup. You were just saying something. Cause we were talking to Jr. about Pittsburgh. What were you saying about Pittsburgh? Cause there's something I want to say about Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, listen, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a storied team. It's been one of the greats for the last decade, you know, with, with uh, you know, you've, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and and Chris Letang. These this uh, this trio of players have won three Stanley Cups together. They've they're always in the playoffs. They're always fun to watch. And what I was saying was, you know, you've got uh, Evgeny Malkin. You know, we asked Jr. what his thoughts were. What do you think Evgeny Malkin's going to do? And he he said that he thinks that uh, Malkin's going to leave. And um, you know, Malkin's 35 years old. He's got uh, he's got a couple years left, maybe two, three years left in his game. He's unrestricted. Where does he go? And then you just start to look down the the lineup in in what has to happen with this team. You've got Brian Russ, who had a, a fantastic season. He's unrestricted. You've got Ricard Raquel that they picked up from Anaheim. He's unrestricted. You have Evan Rodriguez, who has literally had the ultimate rebirth in the National Hockey League. He had a tremendous year in Pittsburgh. He's unrestricted. You know Brian how I know Boyle. he had a great year? Yep. Because you're calling him by his real name. You used to call him go. Yvonne Rodriguez, and now he go. gets he gets actual name recognition. Yeah, they have to try and find uh, you know money to pay Casperi Kapanen. They have to try and find money for Danton Heinen, who who played exceptionally well. You have Chris Letang that they have to pay. I mean, there's there's a lot of money that they have to try and find to keep the group together. But at the same time, some of these players might make the decision for the very first time in their long, long, long careers to go in a different direction. It's and sad I to could, see. It would be sad to see. It really would be sad to see because you're breaking up is one of the dynasty teams of the last decade plus. Okay. But that yeah. being said, I would love nothing more than to see Evgeny Malkin play on another team in the National Hockey League. I would love nothing more than to see Chris Letang make a jump to another team to try and win a Stanley Cup. Take less money, okay? Guy's made an extreme amount of money throughout his career, okay? The signing that he is going to have at his age, at the age of 35, is it's not going to be about money. It's going to be about it's going to be, be about being in the in the proper place to win another Stanley Cup. 
I don't know. I, I, I'd hate to see that. I really would. I don't think you would. I don't I, think I, you would. I mean, I'm tired. Right I'm now, tired of it always being Pittsburgh, but even though they're outed in the first round, the last four years or maybe five, but four for sure, you know, yeah, fine. Like, but they're still good. And you still like, look at them and say, man, I just can't believe that they're still after all these years and all these games that they've all played together are yeah, still they're elite competitive. Superstars. Like I say the same thing about Boston. When are these teams going to disappear? Like who are the new up and coming teams that are going to like, when is Boston going to go through their rebuild? Oh, you know why they won't? You because don't want to know when they make the rebuild. When Sidney Crosby and Malkin leave that team, Pittsburgh's going to suck for a lot of years. I believe that. Number one, Sidney they haven't Crosby had Crosby won't leave the Pittsburgh Penguins. But when he's done playing. Yes. Like he's the only reason why players will come there and play because they get a chance to play with Crosby and a chance to win. Because if you have yep. Crosby and Malkin, you have a chance. But as they get older and they start, Pittsburgh's going to suck, man. It's going to be... It's going to be a slow decline but, to the bottom. Is the fan is that years. fan base okay with sucking? Because let me tell you, when Sidney Crosby, Malkin, Flurry, um, Brooks, Orpic, um, you know Chris Letang, all of those players, that team was they they were the worst team in the league for a five year span. They picked. You remember going to the Igloo, Mark Andre Flurry? Yeah, of course you do. You were in the you were in the league. Do you remember the Igloo? Yeah, the place awesome. was dead. It was a great arena. It was, I love the arena. Yeah. But Are the, you talking were, before the Sydney pre-Sid? Crosby, yeah, pre-Sid, post Mario, pre-Sid. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, it was it was four well, they years. Picked Flurry first overall. Then they picked Malkin second overall. Then they picked um, Jordan Stahl. Uh, no, they picked Crosby first overall. Then the next year was Jordan Stahl third overall. Second, they picked Brooks or pick. You know, they 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 picked a lot of players that helped them win a Stanley Cup. And and they've been they've been a well, you asked the question if the fans would be okay with that. And I I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. 15 years. They've had 15 years of awesome hockey. They have been very, very, and I don't say they don't deserve it. They they got Crosby. They made those picks. I mean, you know, they built that team, and but they have been spoiled. They have been a spoiled te- uh, fan base for a lot of years. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I I think that they. I I think the fan base needs to realize, and and this is the concerning thing about about Pittsburgh is they've had 15 plus years of incredible hockey. Okay. Three Stanley cups in those 15 years. Um, always in the playoffs, always getting scoring titles. Here's the thing that I think that they're screwing up. When you have Yevgeny Malkin, when you have Chris Letang, these are world-class hockey players that, that are at the end of their career. They're both 35 years old. You need to restock your cupboards. Right now, you have both those two guys that could walk away and you get nothing for them. That's devastating for the longevity of your hockey team. There should be multiple first-round draft picks. There should be high-end young talent from other teams. 
that were traded for these two players. But again, how can you trade them when you're looking at your team saying, we have a really, really good team. One of the top teams in the league. So other than that, they know, haven't had, be, they've had in the last, in the last, listen to this. Do you know who their last, there's in 2014, they picked Kasperi Kapanen, um, 22nd overall. Second rounder the next year, second rounder in 16, second rounder in 17, second rounder in 18. Samuel Poulan was 21st overall in 19, second rounder in 20, second rounder in 2021. They haven't had a first round pick or a number of them for a lot of years. A lot of years. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like they've been trading them all away to make, you know, Stanley cup runs. Right. Yep. So, you know, they've got the, the, you're right. Like they need to stockpile draft picks starting now, starting last year. So you wonder if keeping Latang and, and Malkin and all those guys this year was worth it for a first round exit. It's, it's going to be depth. Can you imagine Evgeny Malkin making the decision not to come back to the team? And then having a player like Chris Letang say, yeah, I think it's time for me to, to, to go someplace else, to have an opportunity to, to win someplace else. So he leaves. Then you have Brian Rust that gets a crazy offer from another team because they, they want uh, the pedigree of, of a Brian Rust type player and he leaves and then it just keeps snowballing. This is the last year Crosby makes, I say, big money in the NHL. Do you know how much he makes the next three years? Like $3 million maybe? $3 million. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, if Malkin and Latang leave and Crosby's banged up, I mean, who's to say he doesn't walk away? Like, that's why the, the contract was designed that way, you know, so that it's, it's less for him to walk away. You know what I mean? Like, it would... Do you, think he'll, do you think he's going to walk away? Sidney Crosby... You know, he's 34 years old. He's going to be turning 35 this summer in, in, in August. Like how much, I think, I think Sidney Crosby has a ton of um, game left in him. Yeah, there, like are, some, eight, there are some he milestones. He had 84 points this year. He had 84 points, 31 goals in 69 games. Does that sound like a guy that should be hanging him up in a year or so? Well, if he ends this series healthy, maybe. But if it's a concussion that's going to you know, bother him for the summer and he's late to start the season maybe next year, I mean, who knows? If, if, if $3 million a year is worth it for Sidney Crosby to play and put himself at risk, I, I don't know if it comes down to money anymore done everything he can although there are some milestones for him to to accomplish i guess if he cared about you know he's 91 points away from 1500 he's eight eight points eight assists away from 900 he's you know 83 goals away from um 600 goals i i, I don't know how much how much those milestones mean to him but you know i mean i don't know how much nine million dollars means to him either I mean, he's hey, one. I don't think Sidney Crosby's anywhere near being done his career. I think he's going to play a I think lot you're right. longer. I think you're right. I just wonder what happens to him if, because is he going to want to play on a team that doesn't make the playoffs next year? You lose Malkin, you lose Latang for nothing. They're not making well, the here's, playoffs. Well, here's an interesting thought. If, if Evgeny Malkin is a player that, um, 
would like to test the market and go someplace else. Same with Crystal Tang. I wonder if they would ever agree to signing a contract with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's just say it's a one-year deal. Let's say Latang, it's a one-year deal. Let's say it's a very favorable uh, cap hit on, on, on a contract. And then have then Pittsburgh has the ability to say, Malkin's got a one-year deal. There's no long-term you know, money with him. Who, who wants him? I think there's going to be teams that are all over him. If his cap hit is very, very favorable to teams, if Chris Letang's very favorable on a one-year deal, I think you, you could get a boatload for those two guys. I wonder if those two guys would ever entertain doing that if they, if they basically said to the Pittsburgh management, listen, I'll, yeah, I can help you out. I've been here for you know, 15, 16 years. I can help you out. I'll sign this one-year deal because that's all I really want. But I want to be able to have a say in where, I, where you trade me. I like your train of thought. You can't let those guys walk without getting anything. Can you imagine Evgeny Malkin? I wonder if there was. I if they walked out. Well, that was a, that was a, there was a big mistake made there. Yeah, I think so because did you really think Pittsburgh? I mean, even if they got past the Rangers, did you really think Pittsburgh was going to win the cup? I I didn't. I didn't. You know, we went. Yeah, I, I, I think they're, I think they're, they're past their prime. When you have a Jason Zucker who's thirty and a Brian Russ who's thirty, and Crosby's thirty-four, Malkin's thirty-five. You have Jeff Carter who's thirty-seven, Ricard Raquel's twenty-nine. I mean, Brian Boyle's thirty-seven, Chris Letang's thirty-five, Dumoulin's thirty. These are all guys that had won Stanley Cups. It's time to restock the cupboard. I, I would look to make some major changes in, in, in Pittsburgh because I guess, I guess it's the, it's, it's, you have to look at a few different ways. What are teams' ultimate goal? Some teams in this league, their goal is not necessarily to win the Stanley Cup. They may tell you that. But their goal is to continue to be a playoff team. Okay. They want to make that playoff money that goes into the owner's pockets. It's also so they're not security. going to tear things down right to the studs and build it back up, which takes many, many, many years. Okay. There's some owners, there's some teams in this league that are just really happy with fighting to get into the playoffs because they feel they have a good enough team, but not a team that's going to win the Stanley Cup. The question is, what team is Pittsburgh Penguins? What is their philosophy and thought? So Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason why I wanted to talk about the Penguins, and I'll end on this, is I, I just feel like uh, after you brought him up earlier in this conversation about the Penguins is Evan Rodriguez, former Buffalo Sabre. I feel like we, but I'll, you know, I'll start it. Owe him a major apology because I was critical of him when he was here in Buffalo Mm -hmm. and he, he went on to Pittsburgh and he didn't really, you know, I guess he wasn't the player he was this year. And then he scored that goal the other night. I think it was, was it game seven? He scored that goal on the backhand or game six. Yeah. And, and I, I, all the games are jumbling together because they're so close and you watch so many. And I, but he scored that beautiful back. It was game seven because he took the penalty in game six. 
And he scored that backhander. And I'm just thinking to myself, I never, never would have saw this coming from uh, Evan Rodriguez. And Mm -hmm. good for him. So there's. You know what's awesome about it is, uh, you know, I'm not going to apologize for what I said. I apologize Uh, for fun, but it's. stunk to high hell when he was here in Buffalo. (laughs) And I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not going to apologize. Maybe he was learning. I think that all of a sudden now he's some super awesome hockey player in Pittsburgh. Listen, he was in a situation where he wasn't, he was being healthy scratched. He was being healthy scratched on the shittiest team in the league. And now all of a sudden he's in Pittsburgh, one of the better teams with all the pedigree they have on that team. And he played absolutely fantastic. He and I very, very good for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was given an opportunity and he was in a different organization and he seized that opportunity and good, Sydney on, Crosby good on Evan Rodriguez. It's a Sidney Crosby effect. Cause I believe it's, every it's, time you go, every, every player that start goes, effect, yeah, it's the new start effect, but it's the standard effect at Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. And Crosby sets that standard every single day with how you work, how you prepare, how you show up, how you everything. Like, like it's, I'm, yes, Sullivan's great and everything, but Sidney Crosby himself sets such a high bar for himself and he goes out and he tries to attain it every day from what you hear and what you see in games. That no player, and it's much like the game seven when McDavid goes and runs the guy over, no player is going to say, uh, I can't do that. I have to go and I have to be like that. Otherwise, you know, it's Tom Brady effect. It's these, it's a Michael Jordan effect. There's a common denominator amongst all these guys and it. Everybody that goes there, you know, your Steve Kerr makes your final shot. Your all these guys play to a different standard, different level because their superstar forces it out of them. That's so I think there's a lot to that as well. He learned how to work. He learned how to prepare. He learned how to work on his craft because there's no better person to learn from than Sidney Crosby. Yeah. And, and this is, this is the last thing I'm going to say on this. Um, Sidney Crosby, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with the team. Malkin, Rust, you know, uh, Latang. If those players leave, you will have a huge dip in in Penguinland. I mean, it's not going to be the same team. They will not win the same amount of games. Sidney Crosby is a winner. He wants to win. It's going to be very interesting to watch him and how he deals with not winning because he's won his whole life, his whole life knew about Sidney Crosby when he was in diapers playing up three levels, making it to the NHL and, and, and dominating having a hundred and Patrick in his first game in the queue, first game in the queue. He scored three goals in the third period. Yes. His very so, first game in Quebec Major Junior Hockey playing as a like a super underager. Yes. So all I'm saying is like when you look at the 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 career he had, you know, first place, second place, won a Stanley Cup, second place in the Atlantic, 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 first place in the Atlantic, first place in the Metropolitan. Like it just goes on and on and on. They're one of the top teams. They won a shit ton of games. What's gonna happen? 
if that team goes in a different direction and Sidney Crosby's sitting there looking around going, where is my guys? <laughs> yeah. Where's Jordan yeah. Stahl? Oh yeah. You got traded a long time ago. Where's Malkin? Yeah. Where's, where's Mark? So I don't know what's going to happen with this team. <laughs> and, um, I was just about to say, I hope they stay together, but I hope I, I, it's the exact opposite. I hope Malkin leaves. I hope Latang leaves. I hope they blow up Pittsburgh Penguins because I want to see those star players play a few more years on different teams. And so I can enjoy as a fan to watch Evgeny Malkin wear another Jersey, which I think would be awesome. I want to end our show on this note. We have an open mailbox on our Twitter account. We have our uh, email on our Twitter account and we are very accessible um, and we like to communicate with our fans. So we had a text to the group on, uh, to our show on, I don't know what the Friday and it said, hello, I don't want to take up your time, but I just wanted to say thank you for your podcast and your conversations. Long story short, I'm one of many in the hockey world, maybe not so much in my own world, who grew up in New Jersey and adored the game. Didn't start playing until I was 15, but at 16, went to Ontario and played in the Metro Junior A League. How about that? Yep. Fourth liner and so bad I'm not even in the hockey DB. But hey, in my eyes, I made it. Even got a tryout in the East Coast Hockey League. Concussions in reality of I wasn't very or I wasn't good enough to be a pro made me hang him up at 21. Same year my beloved Hartford Whalers moved, it broke me. I rarely watched or followed the game again. Just the odd highlights now and again. I started to listen to you guys and now I feel like I'm at one with the sport again. One part being in the locker room with the boys and one part fan who used to wait anxiously for the weekly hockey newspaper to come in the mail. So thanks for giving me back the love that I used to have for this great game of ours. Appreciate you both and wish you guys nothing but success and happiness. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. There you go. We, yeah. And you know what? We, uh, we read them all. Kevin wrote the ugly episode. 100 was incredible. Vanek is one of my heroes. I was stuck in traffic, smiling the entire time. We'd love to hear from other former Sabres as well. Um, this part of person, uh, uh, some, of, some of them are, are great, but you just you don't want to read them. They're, they're too personal. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I have, you know, we had Tom who was in the hospital uh, with the, the blood clots, and, and he said the pod was one of the things keeping me sane in here. So, you know, it's, it's nice. We, uh, you know, those are our, our uh, W's, right? Every every show that we do it, and we get a good response from somebody. We appreciate your your uh, listening and reaching out. And again, like I mentioned, we're always available at uh, After Low Whistle on Twitter and uh, ATW5276 at gmail.com. And we're open to hear anything. And uh, we love our audience. So keep listening. Thanks for your time. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at CraigRevay52, at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.